This is Sam Torres, Texas Longhorn fan, native Austinite, admissions counselor, and your host with the most. And this is Texas 512. Welcome to another episode of Texas 512. This is your host with the most, Sam Torres, but you probably already knew that. Today, I am joined by Faith, KJ, and Paul Manny. Um, so if y'all want to go ahead and introduce yourselves and tell our audience a little bit more about who y'all are and what y'all do here at UT Austin. Okay, hi, I'll start. My name is KJ Harris, and I currently serve as the program director for UT for Me, powered by Dell Scholars, which I know we'll get into later. Um, I've been at the university since I started grad school in uh, 1999, so I am definitely a true Longhorn, um, originally from San Antonio, Texas. So. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here today and excited to talk with y'all. Hello, everyone. My name is Faith Miller. I am one of the four program coordinators working with our UT for Me students. I am originally from Houston, Texas, born and raised, um, but have been with the UT family for about four years now, um, originally working in residence life and um, in housing, so supporting students who lived on campus and now having the opportunity to do what I love by supporting students in their journeys through college. And hello, my name is Paul Manny. I am um, one of the other four program coordinators um, with the UT for Me team supporting the students um, in our program. I'm actually uh, from Austin, born and raised. Um, I also attend UT Austin for undergrad. Um, I'm currently a grad student at UT Austin and I've been here um, as a staff member since 2018. Um, so super longhorn here, but um, super excited to be on this team working with our students um, very much like Faith said, um, being a part of their journey through uh, through college. And I got to say um, that I'm especially excited to have Paul on this episode because fun fact, listeners, uh, Paul did mention that he's been a staff member here at UT Austin, but he did not mention the fact that he used to work for the Office of Admissions. But to be fair, he did betray us for a good cause. So um, <laughs> he's out here doing amazing things with UT for me. And I'm really, really excited to get into the conversation about talking about what this program offers um, its students. But before we go into that, um, as y'all know, usually the way that I structure this podcast is that I like to ask a couple of fun questions, get a little bit of perspective on their personalities um, and who they are. Uh, but before I get into that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And whenever we come back, we're going to go ahead and ask some fun questions. So don't go away. We'll be right back. I'm KJ Harris. I'm Paul Manny. And I'm Faith Miller, and you're listening to Texas 512 with Sam Torres. And we are back. So as I mentioned, I did want to ask some fun questions. And this time around, you know, every once in a while, I do get writer's block um, and, and I can't be as creative as I usually am. Um, so I did have to utilize Google. I actually Googled uh, funny podcast questions. And for whatever reason, it gave me questions that... Uh, managers should ask in interviews. And I was like, why would you ask this in an interview? But I mean, I, I guess it makes sense. Um, so the first question that I found that actually made me chuckle um, is a scenario question. So here's a scenario. You have been given an elephant, an actual elephant. You can't give it away or sell it. What would you do with that elephant? Can't give it away or sell it. But, but do I live where I live right now? Like, is that a... <laughs> Yes, <laughs> we'll, we'll just assume that everything in your life is as normal. Um, your current situation right now, 
um, and you were just given an elephant. Okay, uh, I think I would have to connect with a group in Austin that like has a habitat that the elephant can fit in, first of all, <laughs> but uh, I think I would need to name the elephant, um, you know, bond with it. I would obviously take the younger uh, family members of mine to visit my new found elephant. Um, because when else are you going to see an elephant in Austin, Texas? Um, I'm going to stop there because what? So I know that in the space that we'll be back in eventually, we have really high ceilings and, and a double door. So as long as it's not too big of an elephant, I feel like it could become like an unofficial UT for me mascot. And that's how we arrive at all of our functions across campus. I'm excited, but we'll need like a like a longhorn, like elephant blanket or whatever you would call it for for it to be like fully decked out in its gear. Yeah, I think uh, KJ and Paul took both of like really good creative answers. Um, I'm a member of Delta Sigma Theta, and so one of the things that Deltas love to do is collect elephants. Um, that would probably be like one of like the only pets I'm like, oh, okay, like I can keep this, um, but I can't keep an elephant. What am I going to do with an elephant in my backyard? So I really like the idea of having it as a UT for me mascot for students to, you know, come and hang out with, play with um, whenever they need some time away from class and the stress of life. <laughs> Well, y'all heard it here, folks. If you're a part of UT for me, uh, look out for that uh, unofficial mascot elephant of theirs. I kid, of course. Apparently, that was supposed to be for like problem solving, and clearly, y'all, you know, were able to find a way to solve that problem. Um, so, I've got another funny question for y'all, and I'm sure some of y'all probably already heard this one. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? I think I'm going with horses personally. The the mini horses. While they do pick, they are small, whereas the duck has a beak or something. I'm, I'm trying to picture a duck right now, and I'm is blank, I'm blanking, but I feel like they could, they could bite me. And when they're small, that's fine, but when they're big, it doesn't seem as fine. The thing is, I can't bite anything, so I would rather run away from one thing than to have to um, run from a hundred things. So I'm gonna go with the horse-sized duck. <laughs> but, but like Sam, we have the elephant, right? So I feel like now that we have the elephant, the elephant's gonna keep either one in line. So we either have a bunch of happy little horses or we have um, a giant-sized duck, which could become the elephant's best friend. You know, I guess I asked those questions in a really good order because, yes, you're right. You do have an elephant now that can befriend the horse-sized duck. <laughs> so amicable. I love it. <laughs> Sam, I, I have a revision to my answer. Okay. Um, because I think Faith makes a really good point about um, about running away. <laughs> and ducks, they wobble and they fall. And I feel like a bigger duck would fall more. So I, I'm switching to the, I'm switching to the duck, and to KJ's point, yes, that seems like a better friendship for our elephant, a big duck, than a hundred small <laughs> elephants. So 
We we love to hear the diplomatic routes. I, I kind of had a feeling that y'all were probably going to go more in the peaceful direction with this question. And I, I was right. My suspicions were correct. And I actually really, really love that response. Uh, so enough of the silly uh, Google questions that I found. Um, it, you know, some of y'all have probably listened to a, a little bit of Texas 512 already. And there's three common trends that we have here on the podcast. That's music, food and trivia. This time around, I don't have trivia for you, so you you saved yourself from that. But um, I do want to talk about music. I think this is uh, this is one of my favorite things to talk about, and so and because I haven't asked it in a while. So, what are five songs that are, are a must on your road trip playlist? Any conversation about music requires a lot of like intentional thought from me, so I need some time to to process this. <laughs> I'm also kind of bad at song titles. Like I know what songs I like, but I don't always know what they're called. So one for me that was recently added um, to my um, Can't Live Without list um, is Nothing Without You by Tanera Lay. I I don't know exactly how to pronounce her name um, because I was just introduced to her last week, but definitely up there. Um, Hopefully other folks have thought of things. I think one artist, like I'm just not gonna, he's gonna be in my five, but uh, any song, Daniel Caesar, uh, and then oh my goodness, actually just came to me, uh, Xavier Omar and Sango. These are two different artists, but they have an album together. That album slaps straight through every time. I don't listen to it. I don't listen to one song ever. I'd listen to the whole album if I'm going to listen to it. Uh, that's three, but I'm going to let other people talk. I'm realizing that we have some similar music tastes. Oh, I love it. Um, I think I'm going to go the artist route um, because I can't think of specific songs, but um, Beyonce belongs on every playlist. Um, Beyonce at any phase, like Destiny Child, all the way up until uh, the the latest album. Um, I I have been listening to, I, I love like Motown music as well, um, which I don't know if Sam could just consider Motown. But um, just recently, I've been listening to Sam Cooke. He has been um, um, like, you know, putting me in a good, like happy, lovey-dovey mood. I don't know why, but I'm loving Sam Cooke right now. Um, Who else? Chloe and Halle Bailey. They are also, um, you know, new out and and doing it right now in music, which I love. Um, Also listening to Jasmine Sullivan. Um, new album, which is also really amazing. And then um, one of my faves is Lauren Hill. So I'll listen to that. Those are really good choices. I think one song that I would have to put on it is What's Up by Four Non Blondes is like the first song that came to my head. Um, and there would definitely have to be some Indigo Girls on because I love them, I think, as the team knows. <laughs> Anytime they play like a, con- a, like a concert virtually, um, I have to watch it. So they would definitely be on there as well. And I think some Leon Bridges too would be good. Thank you, Sam, for asking this question. Um, it sounds like this needs to come up in our next team coffee chat, first of all. Um, but to add really quick, Adele uh, is one person that is missing. This is for a, a, a drive alone, clearly. Um, if you know Adele, you, you don't want to you know, be listening to Adele on a road trip with many a folk but um that for sure and then i don't know how many folks have heard of him but gallant or gallant i don't remember which one 
how it's pronounced, but love his music. Well, and I, another thing that would have to probably happen at some point, especially if we were all on a road trip together, would be if we could get everyone to agree some sort of true crime podcast, because there are a few <laughs> true crime podcast lovers on the team. And so there would have to be an interplay of music and then podcasts, I think, to make, depending on how long the road trip was. For sure. And y'all have just further made me realize that whenever my friends say that my music taste is basic, um, y'all confirm that. So thank you for that. Because I'm like, whoa, I don't know half of these artists. I do know Beyonce and Adele, of course. But um, but anyways, <laughs> moving on, uh, after y'all have proved that y'all have much better music taste than I do, um, I've got one last question for you. And this is more on the food realm. And, and as I mentioned, we are in Texas. And in, I think this is appropriate since Texas 512, right? Um, so there is a very, very heated debate here in this uh, in this state uh, in, about what, um, and I really hope y'all aren't vegetarian or vegan because then this is going to make it very awkward, but um, Whataburger versus In-N-Out. And the answer is very clear, but if any of y'all, you know, there's a right answer to this, but I no. just wanted to know. Just no, that's my answer. No. <laughs> no, it, it's clear and obvious. Whataburger. No. Yeah, 100% Whataburger. <laughs> I don't even know. If, Sam, I'm kind of offended. Why? Do you like In and Out? Don't tell me. Uh, in and Out? In and Out? <laughs> Are you? No. Oh my God. I feel like if Sorry, you had asked like P. Terry's, because don't didn't they start here? Like Whataburger and P. Terry's are both Texas companies, right? Mm -hmm. Like In and Out just like came on. Yeah, in. they're trying like, to invade, know. but I didn't know if maybe like oh I I, I maybe I stirred the pot and asked and see if maybe one of y'all happened to be an In and Out loyalist. But you know what? That's no. actually a better question. What about P. Terry's? Is P. Terry's even up there? Like I love P. Terry's too, but it still does not beat Whataburger for me. Doesn't be Whataburger, but I love Peteris for sure. Yeah, same. Just like, it, like if it's near me when I'm hungry and want a burger, which there's one a lot closer to me than a Whataburger, mm -hmm. like that's fine. But if I like want a burger and I don't care how far I need to drive, I'm going to Whataburger every time. I will be going to P. Terry's this month because their shake of the month is Mexican vanilla. And I do need that in my life. What? Thank oh my God. Reminder. Yesterday. And I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. I need to go again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what's y'all's go-to Whataburger order? I'm so basic. I always do a number one, a regular Whataburger with cheese on wheat, no um, mustard um, with ketchup. And then I, it, it, I'll, like, I don't drink soda, so sometimes I'll um, change it for a chocolate shake. If I'm going to go, it's going to be the sweet and spicy bacon burger. That's a good one. Usually I get the small size and regular fries and then a large Dr. Pepper, but lots of ice. Now, I usually get the um, honey barbecue chicken strip sandwich, but I get it with no cheese. Um, I also occasionally will um, get it with um, their buffalo sauce instead of the honey barbecue sauce. And if I'm like really in the mood, I'll get it with their um, honey butter sauce, which they will do if you if you don't know this. Um, and that is also a great go to. Um, but I really like everything. So I definitely have had the sweet and spicy um, bacon burger as well. and All the things, all their sides as well. And definitely uh, have had to catch myself from buying a pan of their cinnamon rolls Oof. multiple times. 
So, um, you know, y'all pray for me on that one. <laughs> They're really good. I, the, Whataburger has variety because, you know, like some fast food places, they can only do one thing right. No, Whataburger does a lot of different things right. And I, I, I love that place. So Whataburger, if you're listening, please sponsor us and send me like a T-shirt or something. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, now that I've gotten our audience hungry, we're going to go ahead and go to a quick break so you can go ahead and grab a snack or grab Whataburger um, if you have time or if you're driving. So um, we will be right back. Um, And when we do get back, we're going to start talking about UT for me. So don't go away. We will be right back. And we have returned. All right. So, of course, um, given that the theme of this podcast was about uh, the program that we have here at UT, UT for me, and y'all are a part of that program, I think it's obviously appropriate that I ask you about it, right? So, um, can y'all give me a general overview of what UT for me is, how it started, and what resources and benefits does it offer the students who are a part of this amazing program? UT for Me, powered by Dell Scholars, is a partnership between UT Austin and the Michael and Susan Dell Foundation. UT for Me provides services for all Pell eligible students, starting with the FTIC class that came in this last fall. And so um, I'll let Paul and Faith share about some of the details that we do, but it's been a great partnership that we've had with the Michael and Susan Dell Foundation. Yeah. Um, What I love so much about UT for Me is that we provide holistic support. So Um, whatever a student can think of needing or wanting, we want to make sure that they are connected to the proper resources um, to achieve their goals. And so some of that support looks like um, financial aid coaching. We have two specific financial aid officers who are um, specifically here to support our UT for Me students. And so a lot of times they'll have questions about... um, They'll have questions about their particular financial aid and they're not sure where to go. We have our own financial aid um, officers who can support them. Um, We have been doing a whole host of workshops and programs for students this semester and last semester that connects them to a variety of different on-campus offices and departments. Um, We have worked with the study abroad office. We did something with Texas Votes last semester to encourage students to be informed voters. Um, We have student ambassadors who um, are having, you know, cool and fun socials because we know it's not fun living in a pandemic and going to school. And so we're trying to do all that we can to make this semester and this experience fun, uh, despite the environment that we're in. And so um, that's just a little bit of some of what we do. Um, I'm going to kick it over to Paul to talk a little bit more about other resources, uh, maybe one-on-one meetings and things of that nature that in, in the ways that we support students in those ways. Yeah, so one one thing I'll say uh, really quick, KJ mentioned the um, term FTIC, just want to say that's first time in college students. So um, definitely our cohort is uh, fully consistent of students who are just coming to college for the first time. Uh, even those in, that include students who have uh, college credits from dual credit or anything like that. But um, one thing that uh, Faith started to mention, um, we do have one-on-one appointments um, annually with all of our students, um, whether that's a uh, check-in on Zoom or in person once the pandemic is over, or um, a check-in um, virtually, um, like a, a survey or something like that. So um, that's been a great way to uh, stay connected with our students, even though we are far away. Um, but one thing that uh, I'm, I've been super excited to share with some of my students, we also have a resource network that is powered by um uh, 
company called Compsite, uh, and they will help you with anything. Um, and it's for our students specifically. It's a very unique um, uh, thing for our program, um, but they can call them if they need help finding uh, a new place to live, uh, if they need help filing their taxes, if their parents need help filing their taxes, uh, if they want to go on vacation, again, if we're not in a pandemic, um, and they need help finding a plane ticket and uh, Airbnb or a hotel, like they can literally call a number and there's someone on the other line uh, that will answer usually within a minute um, and can help them do all of those things that I just listed out. So um, we have lots of different things that folks uh, can get involved with, but we also have a lot of students. So we have to find uh, unique ways to get all of that information to um, the students. And one thing that we did not mention, we also provide laptops to all of our students. Um, so every every single student that uh, is Pell eligible that comes to the university um, will get a free laptop from uh, from our program. And in addition to the laptop, they also receive textbook credits to um, purchase their textbooks at the co-op as well. So Sam, so we have, you know, all these great benefits, laptops, textbook credits, the um, resource network, and an incredible team of staff and students who are there to support them basically throughout their college career. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think what is cool about the size of this program is that means that the changes we might make within this program could be more universal for the campus. You know, we have over 25% of the freshman class this year, and it's looking to continue to be a significant portion of our students. And so that's really exciting in regards to like what we could actually do as this program continues to collaborate with our campus partners to remove the barriers that our students might um, face uh, during their time at UT. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think what what sounds so great about this is that like on a surface level, whenever somebody looks at, at the name of this program, they may just think that this is more or less just like, you know, scholarship and academic support. But y'all go beyond that. Right. Like you offer financial support and you offer help in, in you know, some of the stuff that Paul mentioned, stuff outside of college, you know, like planning for a vacation or, or things like that. And I think that's really, really cool that it goes above and beyond um, just that surface level. Right. And so. Um, moving on, I wanted to ask y'all, you know, uh, y'all already kind of mentioned some of the stuff that, that your other team members do. So I wanted to ask if y'all could kind of elaborate a little bit more on what your other team members do, as well as what motivated you to be a part of this team and this program. Well, I'd say our team is not that big. (laughs) Um, It is, you know, four program coordinators who support uh, our 2400 students in addition to Um, KJ as our amazing leader and um, Angie who supports um, our team and making sure that we have all that they do. And I actually want to mention their names. Um, Sri Devi Rao, who is um, another program coordinator along with Alex Patlin. Um, I want to say that because they do amazing work um, and I want to recognize them as well because they aren't here. Um, And Willa Lucas and Lena Kernan, who are our financial aid officers, um, contribute to uh, making sure that that we are able to, to move and function in a way that students have what they need. Um, and so we we are, you know, still figuring out all of the things and figuring out like how can we best um, support and advocate for our students. Um, we, um, Sri Devi Rao and I have 
been working directly with our uh, student ambassadors who um, are responsible for managing our social media and um, hosting socials every month. And so last semester they did um, a variety of things. They did a Halloween social. They did um, had students play Among Us um, and a variety of different things. And um, Paul, you may want to talk about like what you all are doing with the media cohort and things of that nature. Yeah. So, and I'll ask, answer your uh, the second part of your question first. So, I'll say when I was in college, I was uh, eligible myself. Uh, I was in a program that's kind of a sister program to UT for me now um, called University Leadership Network and some other support services that I know were instrumental in getting me through UT. Um, I definitely thought that I was super prepared for college and getting through. Um, and I, I knew that once I got here that, you know, I was going to excel just like I did in high school. But college was very different, you know. Uh, I don't think that my high school prepared me for what UT was going to be. Um, so I was super glad that there were folks uh, on campus that saw fit to find a job that supported me getting through college. So I'm super excited that, first of all, that this career choice even exists, but that I can also get back in that same way. And I think that my answer is very similar to most of the folks on our team with an answer that they would give as well. But one um, other thing that me and Alex Patlin work on together is a media cohort. So some students that are current UT for Me students that connect with um, us about the ways that they connect with our program so that we can better serve all of our students, basically getting a, a smaller group of students to really understand um, how they are interacting with, with us, with our program at large, um, but also give them the opportunity to um, branch out a little bit and um, connect with folks across campus, connect with um, outlets um, who have questions about UT for me, um, connect with the Office of Admissions at some point. Sam, maybe um, we'll have to follow up on that one um, so that they can also talk to your students if they ever have questions about UT for me. Um, so we have a group of students that um, do that and are excited about doing it um, and definitely excited to be working with them on that. But I will throw it to KJ if there's anything that me and Faith did not cover. Yeah, I mean, I think that they covered it well in regards to like, you know, what this program does. And we we really do have an incredible team. Um, it's exciting to come to work, even though right now work is the closet that's inside one of the rooms in my house, to be able to see um, and interact with these incredible student advocates. So it's it's what helps me keep coming to work every day. You know, um, why I became like why I was interested in this position. Like I said, I've been at the university for over 20 years. I spent 15 years in new student services, you know, working with a large group of students in regards to both the orientation advisors and the students we would orient. And then I spent um, about six years in the Office of Student Success in the College of Liberal Arts. And so I've always asked the questions like, can we do more? What are the barriers? What can we do about it? And so something this size and the scope and with such a strong partnership with MSDF was a really exciting idea. Um, I also like to just sort of create and we have, as people have said in many meetings, been building the plane as it's been flying in the air, but it's been a really exciting adventure together. Um, so uh, it's the students, it's what we can do for the students. And it's really um, like the incredible work that this team has done. Um, I think that these are some of the most amazing student advocates on campus. Um, I'm really proud and honored to work with them every day. And I think we are doing phenomenal work. 
I can share a little bit going back about like why I decided to um, be a part of UT for me, very similar to um, what Paul shared. I think that a lot of uh, student affairs professionals kind of um, stumble into this work. And um, I think that was the same case for me in undergrad. Um, I think even before undergrad, I, I talked with a student who shared a very similar story of like, oh, my parents wanted me to go to college, but they didn't know how I was going to get there. They didn't know how I was going to pay for it. They didn't know like what it actually meant to be a college student. And I felt like I had a very similar experience where my parents are very much like, I don't know what you're going to do, but you need to be going to school and didn't necessarily have the, the acumen or the resources to provide a roadmap for me to be able to do that. And so um, when I did get to college, I had an amazing team of um, professionals who supported me. And um, and I saw that and I was like, wow, I want to do this and I want to um, advocate for students in the same way that others advocated for me. And so um, that's really my motivation for wanting to do this work. And I think that what UT for me is doing specifically is unprecedented there. Um, I mean, not that I'm aware of, but there there isn't support like this um, at this scale for 2400 students where our hope is that no Pell eligible student falls through the cracks. Um, that's not, you know, that's not being done anywhere. And so um, I think very similar. I'm just, you know, uh, I feel blessed and, and honored to be a part of our students experience in their journeys um, through college. And, and, you know, our hope always is that they are successful and they have what they need um, so that in four years they are walking across the stage and going on to bigger and better things. That's so great. And, and this really speaks to me a lot because I myself was a Pell student as well. So the last question that I have for y'all today is, of course, we have talked about all the different resources that, that UT for me has to offer um, the students. And, and I think that, that a lot of the students that you end up getting uh, tend to be first generation students, right? And so a, a lot of those students are, are are scared of this transition. They're scared of, you know, adjusting to the new life. They're uh, they're scared that they're not going to be able to afford it, um, and they're scared that they or they doubt themselves that they're going to be able to succeed. So, what is your message to those students that are scared about all these different things? Definitely have a conversation with your family about uh, what what can be provided. Um, there and what resources are, are around y'all. Um, but I think it's super important to also know that wherever you go to college, great, but we all work at UT. And I will say specifically what UT can provide, a UT education, what it can provide to you. Of course, we want um, to be out and looking for the best students to come to our university. But I was reminded this week by our new president, we also uh, hope to build a community that makes the best, um, have the resources on campus to cultivate the folks that we get on campus to become um, the best versions of themselves and go out and change the world. Um, and I really, uh, I'll even point out that what starts here changes the world being our model. Like that's a thing that it's a great reminder about why folks come to work, why our faculty members, why our staff members come to work, why our students um, love being students here why some of our students like me come back to work here, you know? So I think that that piece is something that is intangible. Um, so then once, once we start talking about the cost, 
Uh, it's important to make sure you get your FAFSA in, you know, make sure that you're connecting with um, offices on campus once you get your financial aid package. If it doesn't look exactly how you uh, think it should, you know, reach out to us. Um, if you have questions about numbers and what they mean, I had a student once um, actually reach out to me and their parent and um, let me know that the number that they saw for the whole year was just for one semester. Um, so I finally getting to the point where they understood that that total cost of attendance was just for one semester, it seemed more uh, attainable for them. I, I think that um, UT, for, UT students in general are um, some of the best in the nation, um, which means that for many of them, Failure is hard. What I would encourage students to do is to name that fear of what it is that they are coming into. I think that um, there is there is power in saying like, I am nervous, I am scared, I don't know what's happening. College in general is hard. Like college hands down is, is hard to begin with. And then to one, have to do college in a global pandemic and then do it virtually online, add so many different layers of complexity that I want students to be comfortable saying, I don't know what's happening right now, or I need extra help, I need support. Uh, I'm having a hard time making friends and connecting to campus. Um, I want students to be okay with saying that and communicating that, um, whether it's to an academic advisor, whether it's to us as their program coordinators or to other students. And I think that so many students are experiencing the same things um, in isolation because they're like, I'm the only person who's um, struggling, living with my family. I'm the only person who has to deal with, you know, my sister practicing for band next door while I'm in the midst of um, sitting through a lecture. And that's just not the case. And so I want students to be comfortable with communicating what they're experiencing. Um, and then also like working with uh, UT For Me staff. Like I, UT has some of the most amazing student-centered staff um, that I have experienced. And um, I think it's important for students to know that we are a resource and that they should feel comfortable coming and saying like, I need help with this thing. That fear is very real. And I think that when students are able to name it and to like work towards identifying the resources, um, it, be, it, it becomes a better experience or can become a better experience for them in the process. Yeah, I mean, um, Faith and Paul said uh, said it exactly. You know, one thing I would add is, you know, I tell I tell students, don't be afraid to ask for help. Like, it's one of the most courageous things that you can do to be like, I can't do this piece alone, and and to make sure that they ask those questions earlier rather than later. Like, we all need each other's support. We all need each other's help, and that's exactly why we're here as a team. Um, and for us, we really have an opportunity. Our, our partners at the Michael and Susan Dell Foundation, the leadership of this institution, really mean what they say when we're trying to remove the barriers, not only for the students, like create opportunities, not only for these students, but like how can this become more of a universal experience on campus. And so because of the size and scope of this program, there are really exciting things that can happen, not only on an individual level, but on that collective level. And so, you know, that is just something really exciting, but we are here to answer any of the questions and there's not a question that's silly or shouldn't be asked. So just 
for our students to know that we're on this journey, we can get creative together and we can come up with those solutions um, with them along the way. That's fantastic. Thank y'all so much for that. And of course, for those that are familiar with how this podcast goes, we are at the end of it. And it's tradition around here for me to ask y'all to plug anything that you want. Of course, we have been talking about UT for me um, this uh, this last half of the podcast. And, and you're free to plug more of that if you'd like to or plug anything UT related. But you can really, really plug anything that is on your heart right now, whether that's a TV show, a book, a podcast, um, an article or anything at all, the floor is now yours. Um, I'd say it's my favorite time of the year because it is Black History Month and um, next month is Women's History Month. Um, so students, make sure that you are, um, students and listeners, make sure that you are um, using this time to um, learn and experience Black history, you know, past and present and future. Um, same with women's history as well. Richardson, I'm gonna just stop there. The show is amazing. Um, that's all I have to plug. I would like to plug being kind to yourself and understanding that we are in a really strange shared experience and it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to be tired. It's okay to feel like this is hard and to have some really great days and some really hard, bad days. And so just sending kind of that kindness out to ourselves and to our students. Um, to know that it's okay to not be okay and it's okay to be okay. So sending out that love. So awesome. Thank y'all once again, so, so much for joining me today to have a conversation. Tell me a little bit about UT for me, as well as telling me your Whataburger orders and your go-to playlist songs. Uh, that concludes today's episode of Texas 512. This has been Sam Torres, your host with the most. Stay cool, stay hydrated, and hook them horns. <laughs> <laughs>